Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Malachi Love Robinson opened up his own medical practice at 18 years old. Here it is, folks, proof that the American dream is alive and well. If you're smart enough and you work hard enough, then even at a young age, you can have a medical practice. Love Robinson opened the New Birth, New Life Medical Center and Urgent Care Office in West Palm Beach in January 2016. And he most certainly looked the part. And more than that, he had his own personal connection with the healthcare industry. Having suffered from lupus as a child, he knew the importance of medicine. His grandfather told Time, quote, There were a number of times we thought we were going to lose him. He was so sick. God has really protected him and brought him a long way. He goes out and he constantly tries to prove himself that he can and he will succeed, he added. He's too smart for his own good. He's too, too smart. And that's amazing. A young boy genius here to do some good in the world. But if that's the case, then why here on the corporate casket? Well, as it turns out, Love Robinson was not a doctor at all. He may have been interested in medicine, but he simply got those diplomas by mail. A certificate from the American Association of Drugless Practitioners, to be more specific. They hand out holistic, drug-free certifications like candy. And while Love Robinson and tens of thousands of other wannabe doctors receive them, this doesn't mean you can diagnose or treat anybody. Even the group's director recognizes that these certifications are for consulting and education only. But... Love Robinson flat out didn't care or didn't get the memo. In fact, this wasn't even his first time impersonating a medical professional. In 2015, he spent three weeks practicing medicine without a license at New Directions, an addiction treatment facility in Boynton Beach. And he also walked around St. Mary's Medical Center in West Palm Beach wearing a lab coat and stethoscope before. But I guess because Malachi didn't kidnap or kill anyone, he doesn't see why that's that big of a deal. This story was broadcast everywhere. Like I'm some insane maniac. I didn't snatch out a baby. I didn't do any of that. And here's the thing, Malachi, if you wanna be a doctor so bad, you do need to earn that. If you honestly believe that a white coat makes you a medical professional, then you're not only just like barely half as smart as your family thinks you are, but you're just maybe a little bit more devious. Or as even the sheriff's office said, quote, just because you saw a season of Grey's Anatomy doesn't mean you could practice medicine. doesn't have an MD. Are you a fraud? Because it seems like everything you're saying to me is evasive. I don't appreciate your tone. But, to understand but the real kicker to this entire situation is that Love Robinson was only caught because an undercover cop went to his office for an exam. It's not as if some review board said, oh yeah, this is a little weird. We don't have this doctor's credentials on file. No one came around for an inspection or got suspicious. No one asked to see his medical licenses. Nothing like that happened. He was way too uncomfortably close to getting away with this. And sure, he says that he didn't want to hurt people and was only trying to help out the community, but what if he gave someone misinformation? What if someone came to him feeling ill? You know, one of the biggest reasons why someone goes to a doctor in the first place, and he missed obvious signs of a serious condition. Is he too dense to see the harm in that? 
As it turns out, this wasn't even a what-if scenario either. One patient, Anita Morrison, went to him with severe stomach pain. He visited her five times and diagnosed her with arthritis and then sold her vitamins. At one point, Morrison had to be rushed to the hospital to see an actual doctor, and Malachi insisted she leave her purse and keys with him. Her bank account was soon emptied because I guess he thought that he hadn't stolen quite enough from her yet. And what did Malachi have to say about this? Well, he just said that his emotions were raging and he asked people to pray for him. Sure, I'll pray you get the prison time you deserve. And I'd pray that you learn your lesson too, but I feel like that one's a bit more in vain. Shortly after being released from prison for the fake doctor charges, Malachi went to prison again for stealing from his new employer, this time a shipping broker. But sure, just wants to help his community, as long as his pockets are lined first. Chances are your blood is boiling by now. At least I know mine was. But you've also probably got some burning questions, like how the hell did this happen? Is this common? Well, on today's episode of The Corporate Casket, that's what we're going to try and find out. He's basically told people that, you know, you're very lucky to have had me looking after your family member because I'm a trauma specialist from New York. Any longer, the land. I could not drink any milk. I abstain from all these things, and here I am now at 82. I'm happy that I haven't been in my life. For the executive, he was like anyone's dream. For us, he was a nightmare. Malachi, they say you've been practicing medicine without a license. And if you love episodes like this, would love to know more information about your favorite episodes or even bonus episodes, make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. Malachi Love Robinson has to be one of the most widely known fake doctors making headlines recently because he was a teenager. But as it turns out, he was far from alone. Another young man, Daniel Ray Stewart, pretended to be a visiting medical resident seeking training and shadowed doctors and nurses in the emergency room of Cape Fear Valley Medical Center. Apparently, he got away with it for two weeks before a physician assistant noticed he wasn't wearing a badge. Stewart, for his part, told WTVD-TV that his job was just to observe and be a helping hand if needed. Quote, "'There was no direct patient care involved,' Stewart said. If something was wrong, the hospital should have let me know instead of going to the police." Now that's kind of like saying that a store owner should ask a robber to please stop stealing from them instead of calling the police. I'm sure, Stuart, they noticed you were committing a crime, so that's why they called the police instead of being like, hey, could you stop doing this crime? Is that not obvious? I I suppose it's not. I guess that was more of a rhetorical question, but I digress. You didn't accidentally make a mistake on the job like you seem to think because the reality is you never had a job there. Why on earth would you think that just being kindly asked to leave is how this plays out? What I also don't see being mentioned with many of these cases are how the HIPAA guidelines are effective. Like I just feel like this has to be some sort of violation. Like there's no way that this could be allowed. I understand that these doctors probably assumed Stuart had signed all of his paperwork or documentation or whatever the case may be. This is why we really shouldn't assume anything. Even assistance for a job as serious as this should get a background check. And that might've unveiled that Stuart has a history of impersonation. I'm glad of course that he wasn't able to see patients alone, but wandering around the ER and playing dress up as doctor isn't exactly great either. 
If I had been one of the patients seen by Stuart, I'd feel incredibly uncomfortable knowing that an absolute stranger in scrubs was seeing my examination and learning potentially sensitive information for no other reason than he was just curious. You know how doctors may ask you if a medical assistant in training can sit in on your appointment? You do have every right to say no, of course, but maybe you said yes because you trust that these doctors in the making are just there to learn and become better medical professionals. Now imagine if your doctor asked, hey, can this random person off the street in scrubs sit in on your examination? Chances are you'd probably say hell no, but these patients didn't know that. They weren't aware and the violation of their privacy is beyond upsetting. However, whereas Stewart strolled right into a hospital like he owned the place, other fakes prefer to have their own practices. Stephen Gervorkian was charged with five counts of impersonating a doctor while owning and operating Pathways Medical Group in North Hollywood. Now with Malachi, he did claim to treat and diagnose as we saw with the woman who supposedly had arthritis. But here at Pathways, Stephen owned the place for years and even conducted cancer treatments there. Pretending to be a medical professional is wrong no matter what. I'm pretty confident any of you listening would agree to that. But this has sunk to a whole different level because of just how serious and desperate these patients must be. And yes, just as we've seen warned about, one patient did go into Gervorkian's practice and he was not able to detect one of their illnesses. And this is ultimately what became the red flag that led to Pathways downfall. According to NBC, this was abnormal hormonal levels, which could be indicative of a serious medical condition. That's why when Malachi or other people like Steven say that they're just trying to help others, it really only makes me more furious. The only people they're helping are themselves. They get money from this hoax. They get to play doctor. All the while, the people that are going to them for help are being treated like it's a joke. Not to mention, Gervorkian treated thousands of people, by the way. It's hard to know how many of them have been left untreated or misdiagnosed. Right now, the California Department of Consumer Affairs is investigating this case and actively seeking out victims. I hope that those effective do get some sort of justice and those who may not feel comfortable stepping forward are still able to feel heard or seen through the process too. Now, then there's another set of doctors, those that call themselves healers or medicine men that also claim to be doctors without the fancy lab coat, of course. Welcome back to Sister Circle Live. Dr. Sabi remains one of the most controversial figures in modern medicine. He was an herbalist and biologist whose alleged cure for AIDS and subsequent court trial are the subject of a forthcoming documentary. And his legacy of wellness and natural healing continues through his children. While some people walk into a hospital or a clinic and show the world their second grade acting skills, other doctors sort of straddle the line between a spiritual leader and a doctor. Introducing Alfredo Bowman, also known as Dr. Sebi. He told me that I could not eat meat any longer, no lamb. I could not drink any milk. And I abstain from all these things. And here I am now at 82. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. He's probably the most infamous for trying to get Michael Jackson off painkillers, thinking acidity causes diseases and selling cell food as a cure-all. What an opener, right? He told the world that an herbalist in Mexico treated his asthma, diabetes, obesity, and impotency, and he intended on doing the same. Although he was sued for practicing without a license, the charges didn't stick because he technically hadn't given medical diagnoses. Still, the consumer fraud charges did, as well as the money laundering charges later in life. And he died in 2016, and that's kind of his reputation. Yet while Sebi was not a doctor, and as far as I'm aware, has never been a doctor, his beliefs had a ripple effect and still live on to this day. 
Facebook pages about him have tens or even hundreds of thousands of followers. And according to McGill's Office for Science and Society in 2019, quote, for $25, you can purchase his eyewash made with euphrasia plants. So here we are years after Dr. Sebi is dead, selling his products when he died a convicted criminal. Hell, in 2022, the LA Times wrote that his legacy is still kept alive. And in some circles, people believe that he was killed for being a holistic doctor. For the record, he wasn't. He died of pneumonia in a Honduras prison for money laundering. He's not some mythic figure or champion of truth. He's a criminal and then died from pneumonia. In fact, his messages about food being mucus in your body and mucus is the source of all illness or his theory that acidic food is harmful and that you need to eat a ton of sea moss to heal yourself is utterly ridiculous. It might not be the level of Jillian Epperly and her cabbage water, but it is pretty high up there. Now, I'm not about to sit here and waste my breath explaining the science behind the nonsense. You can check out my sources if you'd like to see why he's patently false. And that part still really amazes me. And just, you know, the whole how his message continues to live on, even though it's so easily debunkable. Though I'd like to think that once a fake doctor has been exposed and rightfully imprisoned that the message dies with them, that's unfortunately not always the case. Some of these alternative doctors or wellness leaders even gain somewhat cult-like followings as we've seen before and the message continues to get passed down, turning into a giant snowball of misinformation. For example, do you remember how earlier I said that he was sued, but it didn't stick because of a technicality? It was a pretty simple case. They couldn't really end his career, but he agrees to write retractions that advertise cure-all claims to avoid the financial burdens of the legal proceedings against the state of New York. Basically, it was a, hey, watch yourself, your claims are bogus and we have eyes on you kind of lawsuit. Court documents from the 80s prove this too. Well, Sebi went around telling the world that it was a Supreme Court case full of witnesses proving that he was some sort of champion of healing. It never made it to the Supreme Court. It went to the state of New York. Now in 2023, decades later, you can actually still find TikTokers who have said that Dr. Alfredo Bowman, AKA Dr. Sebi, proved every viral disease known to man is curable. And those same people are in the comment sections of these videos, they all seem to believe it too. Some lawsuit in New York saying quit lying is not the equivalent of I proved in a court of law that I'm the best doctor ever. It's kind of a warped, messed up game of telephone. I don't know what else to call it, honestly. Like Dr. Sebi is not a doctor. He doesn't deserve that title, but for some reason he's still revered and I just can't understand why. And truthfully, it is pretty discouraging because while I know doctors are far from perfect, there are real hardworking medical professionals out there that are actually trying to change the world for the better. While so many of them remain largely unknown, this liar gets a cult following, I just, I don't get it. It turns out to some extent, there's a pretty clear reason to that and a pretty common thread among fake doctors too. It's called alternative medicine. Now there's definitely a spectrum of scamming as one could say, but the entire field of alternative medicine deservedly is under scrutiny. If you have a chiropractor or acupuncturist, that's fine, you do you. However, when they're presented as proven sciences, cure-alls, and their practitioners are treated like genuine medical professionals, then that's where we have a problem. But this is how fake doctors actually thrive. Malachi, for example, said that he does have certifications to practice alternative medicine, such as naturopathy. And he said that he and his clinic were doing just that. Now, even if this were true, it wouldn't matter because the state of Florida only allows licensed doctors to practice naturopathy. So Malachi doesn't even fall into that category. Still, 
This fraud and other so-called doctors like him can easily replicate this type of scam with the alternative doctor title. Remember Stephen Gervorkian? He had the same problem. Pathways was an alternative medicine provider too. He may be able to easily ward off suspicions by saying, oh, he's just giving IV drips and vitamins. For at least two of his patients, that was their experience anyway. But in case we're forgetting, he also offered cancer treatments. And that's not exactly on par with giving someone advice on which vitamins are going to help their headaches or which yoga poses to try. Alternative medicine may have some genuine practitioners that believe in it, and people really want to help others with their diet, sleep, and exercise. But the real harm comes from others that simply want to call themselves doctors, make bank, and put none of the work in that comes with it. Far, far too many people fall into that latter category, unfortunately. I don't think it's any coincidence that Malachi and Steven did because they recognized how easy it is to set up shop, give yourself a clinical look, and start booking patients, regardless of if they need serious professional help or not. Because let's be real here, even in the best of cases, alternative medicine isn't serious professional help. It's literally an alternative to proven scientific methods. As Quackwatch puts it, quote, whether a therapeutic practice is Eastern or Western, is unconventional or mainstream, or involves mind-body techniques or molecular genetics is largely irrelevant except for historical purposes and cultural interest. Honestly, in my opinion, one of the simple but real problems here is that people view alternative medicine as exactly as the title suggests, an alternative. And despite its namesake, it's not an alternative or replacement for medical care. It is proven and placebo, scientific and anecdotal. But worse yet, this field doesn't just promote care that's a bit iffy or debatable, but these doctors will actively refute and go against medical professionals. One naturopathic doctor, Mazi, sold fake COVID-19 immunization forms and vaccination cards during the height of COVID-19, landing her almost three years in prison. Apparently, Mazi said that she was immune to legal action because she's a Native American. So let's just hope she doesn't try becoming a lawyer next. Now, she also sold pellets that supposedly had small amounts of the virus in them, which would give someone a lifelong immunity to it. Mozzie even offered the pellets in place of childhood vaccinations required for attendance, allowing at least 100 patients to send their kids to class without them being properly immunized. And this is where the real harm, the tragic harm can enter the picture. Mozzie presented herself as a health professional, as someone who knew what she was talking about, but when she enabled anti-vaxxers, she put countless lives at risk. How many of her patients were allowed to go in places with their fake vaccine cards, potentially spreading a risk to people who thought they were safe? How many of those unvaccinated kids got sick or even died because they weren't properly immunized against something that other kids were? There need to be serious limits on what alternative doctors are able to do, or at least make them come with some kind of warning label. If you don't have a license, then you need the whole, this is a knockoff doctor sign on your door or something like that. Now, before anyone starts coming for the people who go to alternative doctors, I do see two sides to the story here. If you went to one purely because you don't wanna get vaccinated and you would rather put others in danger, then yes, I think you're a crappy person for that and I don't owe you any sympathy for what happens to you in life. But on the flip side, there are other people that are desperate to just be heard. The medical system in the US is especially broken, and it's hardly surprising that even unlicensed, unprofessional doctors can get patients through their doors. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it is these fake doctors that should be ashamed because they're taking something more than money, and that's trust. 
And before we go on to talk about trust and really the breach of trust that's caused by these types of fake doctors, I wanna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is just about everywhere. Like, seriously, please make it stop. Thankfully, there's a company out there that's giving you a very much needed break, and it's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton. They have phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. Now I've been using Mint Mobile for over two and a half years at this point. We're going on three at this point, honestly. And it has been an absolutely amazing experience. And I mean, I can say that I've literally used them for years at this point. The service is always great. Customer service, if there's ever been a problem, is super easy and understanding. And it's super easy to manage my bill all on their little app on my phone. And it gives me little updates every month when the month has refreshed. So for people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com casket. That's mintmobile.com casket. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com casket. Dr. Patel is a man of um, many faces, I guess. He can be very charming, but if he um, is um, challenged by something, he can not be so pleasant. He's basically told people that, you know, you're very lucky to have had me looking after your family member. Being a doctor means something. The title, the status, the salary, all of those have been tied with the term doctor since the end of the 19th century. Before then, if a doctor accidentally killed a patient, there was little to no recourse available, and doctors were trained by an apprentice-type system. You'd shadow someone, carry the leech bucket, and do the best job that you could, basically. Now, we have come a long way from that, but for those who don't want to put in the work, it's easier to fake or steal credentials. And once you do, it's easier to get away with it than you might think. One man from New South Wales, Shyam Archaya, found this out for himself. He stole Dr. Sarang Chital's identity and used it to get a six-figure salary, despite having no medical credentials whatsoever. His practice was shabby and unsavory, according to former staff, but people generally excused it. Not because it was fine or unconcerning, but because being a doctor is stressful as all hell. Nurses and other coworkers might be more sympathetic to this as opposed to taking a closer look and seeing this as a sign of fraud. The conversation brings up another good point along these lines. And it's that healthcare staff may be ignored or told to keep quiet if they talk. Take this nurse, Tony Hoffman, for example. For the executive, he was like anyone's dream. For us, when we saw the complication rate and what was going on and the readmissions to theater and all of that sort of thing, he was a, he was a nightmare. The man she was discussing, Dr. Patel, was later called Dr. Death, and he was basically sentenced to seven years imprisonment for the manslaughter of three patients and grievous bodily harm to the fourth. She saw more and more complications, gross negligence, all of it. But because Patel was supposedly a dream for executives, it was nurse Tony Hoffman that was ignored and snubbed. She told CNN, quote, I put in a major letter of complaint to the district manager, and the next month they gave Dr. Patel the Employee of the Month award. 
Now, I am so grateful that she did not give up and kept reaching out to others with her concerns. But while Tony persisted, how many nurses would? How many fake doctors have been given the same benefit of the doubt when it really is not deserved? But again, this is only one element as to why fake doctors can get away with their crimes. Another aspect is where you're trying to gain employment. If you're trying to be a surgeon in a hospital, then I think you'd get caught pretty quickly. But, and I apologize for the name here, I'm gonna try it out, but Balaji Varatharuju worked in Alice Springs as a junior doctor for nine months before he was discovered to be a fraud. In remote areas, people are already short-staffed, so complaints might be ignored, and with fewer people, you get less scrutiny. Obviously, this still is not an excuse and you deserve care from a medical professional and not a fraud no matter where you live. Plus, this fake doctor treated more than 400 patients while at the Alice Springs Hospital. So that's not exactly a small number either. And this has happened on a distant Greek island as well, proving that medical fraud is a worldwide issue and not something exclusive to the United States. Then of course, there's also the matter of verification. If you have a fake degree from a different country, then maybe they'll be translated, but the actual information and credentials aren't always double-checked. Help, one psychologist even claimed that he earned his degree from Serbia in 1998. Given the war there at the time, confirming this would have been pretty difficult. There's just a whole host of ways to fake being a medical professional, and it's pretty scary. We have a lady from Michigan. She had stage 4B spread of the breast cancer to her brain within two weeks. Her tumor marker dropped to normal. It's bad enough that some actual doctors support fraudulent treatments. Like, do you remember Dr. Christine? I know I spoke about her ages ago, but she sold a fake cancer treatment to her dying patients. And she convinced about 55 people to spend their final days drinking her foul million dollar herb water instead of enjoying the time they had left with their families. I think it's absurd and beyond gross and it's extremely predatory. It's just, it's completely inhuman and it's evil. Now, she was also an ordained minister and she used that position within the church to prey upon people's trust too. With doctors like her around, who really need the terrible fake ones, right? Okay, a bit of sarcasm. We don't need the fake ones either, but we don't need the, I, I think calling her evil is pretty genuine. I think that's a very fair assessment. We don't need people like that either. Now, at the end of the day, the only real concrete thing someone can do to confirm someone's qualifications is to verify them, to do their research, and then of course, to get second opinions if possible. At least we can weed out a lot of the fakes this way. And when it comes to alternative medicines, I feel like there needs to be some serious disclaimers posted and strict limitations on what can and cannot be done. But it seems that anything worthwhile, at least in the US, always takes a very long time and sometimes never even comes to fruition. So I'm not really holding my breath that anything will be done anytime soon. But I am curious, what do you think about fake doctors and their ties to alternative medicine? I wanna thank you so much for spending some of your time here with me today. That is going to be the end of today's episode. So thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.